Hey, baby, let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Get your popcorn ready. I'm here, so I won't get fined. It's about the stupid, I gotta say, it's the stupidest thing in sports. No! What? Get your big butt out of here! What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fantasy Guides podcast, brought to you by ShopFantasyGuides.com. I am former player and current Debbie analyst Jesse Preston, and I am joined by the founder of Fantasy Guides, Stephen Rippey. And our guest host for the offseason, Andrew Teuscher, is joining us again. Uh, Andrew, you did a great job last week. I had to bring you back. Yeah, I am glad I somehow tricked you guys into thinking I'm competent at this and um, getting another shot at it. So I'm always glad to be here uh, spewing some nonsense and hopefully helping some people learn something. And Jacob is more of our rookie uh, expert than Steven, but Steven is really good, uh, Andrew, at commenting on jerseys, face masks, single digit numbers, you know, things like that. So uh, we... But he he's gotten some things through the grapevine, I'm sure, and seen some risers and fallers. So hopefully, Stephen, you can you can contribute and and Stephen, feel free to ask questions. I'll I'll do my best to answer anything you got. What's well, what's funny, Jesse, is all I've been doing on or doing lately is working on rookies, mm-hmm. but it's more just entering rookie data into our draft guides. So I've digested some of it, but um, I'm real. That's why I have you guys. You guys right. are the ones that are really grinding away at this i'm just kind of doing spreadsheet work and as i i'm getting close to being finished with some of this i will start to digest more of it so i'm learning like uh like many of us right now all right i love it on tonight's episode we figured we'd talk running backs last week we talked quarterbacks if you haven't tuned into that one great conversation between uh jacob andrew and myself going through the qb class which we really really like we are not as high on the running backs but there are still some great uh great info to talk about and there are some diamonds in the rough i believe uh as we go through here and i think jacob said it best he said what makes it really fun when there's not like a uh consensus number one is we all get to have a favorite running back in this class so we will we will try and talk about those as well so andrew i'll kick it over to you um oh and i thought maybe we talk a little bit about the senior bowl which just happened uh this past week yeah, we got to talk Senior Bowl. So for those who don't know, because, uh, you know, not everyone watches the Senior Bowl. Not everyone is Jesse Preston, who sits there and just craves and salivates over watching some some dudes who weren't good enough to declare early. He loves him some Senior Bowl, some college football. So what happens is they ask usually seniors to go to this all-star game and compete. And we get to see like the best of the best. Oftentimes, guys from smaller schools get a shot to shine. But this year, Jesse, as we saw, it is not just seniors going because the NIL transfer rules have screwed everything. So we saw a bunch of guys there. And who stood out to you, Jesse? Yeah, I think it's it's probably going to just be the Reese's Bowl here pretty soon, I think, because the senior thing doesn't really uh, matter anymore. And um, the the wide receivers looked really good. Uh, we'll, we'll talk wide receivers next week, but there were, there were five that really stood out. Lad McConkie from Georgia. Um, he's probably my new favorite wide receiver. I, I will have to see kind of where he goes in the dynasty rankings. I believe right now we have him in the, uh, what, let's see. Yeah. Let me see what the average says. Lads going in the twenties. So somewhere around that range of, of like total player. Um, but as we start to fill these in, we might see him rise up the board. I've seen him going as high as the second round in some mock drafts and he just tore it up at the senior bowl. So he's no longer a secret. Um, 
We'll talk more about his story and everything else during our receiver pod next week. Roman Wilson, also a guy that I've always really liked. He was the fastest uh, single player in his recruiting class when he was 18 years old, a kid out of Hawaii. I remember reading his name and it said he ran like a 4240 in in high school. So who knows? Maybe he put on weight. Maybe he's not as fast, but we could see him run really, really quickly. Um, but he looked really good. I think he's no longer a sleeper. Ricky Pearsall, the wide receiver from the Florida Gators. He had some highlight catches at both at Arizona State and at Florida. He looked really good uh, during the Senior Bowl week, both in practices and in the game. Javon Baker uh, coming out of UCF. We've actually seen some success out of UCF wide receivers in the past. Um, and he is he has a lot of talent, and I guess he looked good this week. And then Malachi Corley, wide receiver out of Western Kentucky. Now, I will admit, I didn't get to watch a ton of Western Kentucky football this year, but there are a ton of, of pundits that are very high on him, and I guess he looked really good during the week of practice um, and during the game as well. So, so mostly it was, uh, as far as fantasy goes, there were definitely some non-fantasy players that stood out as well, some DBs that looked really good during the week and, and helped their draft stock. But this is a fantasy football pod, so we're excited about the wide receivers. Jesse, I can say about Malachi is that um, he doesn't have a headshot or, uh, or an avatar, I should say, mm. in the draft guide. So I'm going to have to work on that tomorrow. Yeah, I have actually. Seeing that you brought him up. <laughs> well, and I, I've seen him go second, third round in mock drafts. So he, he could be a, a high pick. Smaller school guy. Um, he was not that impressive in his bowl game. I will tell you that. He was a guy. I think he played like the first half and uh, Western Kentucky was getting beat and he just quit at halftime and i thought that was a little weak sauce but that's uh that doesn't you know that's that's also a guy that's trying to get ready for the nfl so he did give his team a half which a lot of teams a lot of guys don't even play at all nowadays in the bowls so but that was the last time i saw him he wasn't doing a whole lot but i but i've seen him mocked very high so we'll see some some of these guys i mean we can't you know we can't have 12 wide receivers in the first three rounds so we'll see what happens here yeah, I feel like Lad McConkey is definitely a dude who people would be like sneaking in to that like seven, eight, nine, ten range in most years. But because like you said, this year's like wide receivers, and he probably is gonna get up there for a lot of people, but this year's receivers are so stacked that he might get pushed way down the list. Um, no spoilers for where he is for us, but like he seems like a stereotypical sleeper guy. People like get really high on and he might go super high. He might sneak into the first round and still somehow be like the fifth or sixth receiver going in dynasty drafts because this receiver class is so good. So Lad McConkey out of Georgia, I'm excited about him. People raved about him constantly at the Senior Bowl. So I totally am in agreement there. Um, Malachi Corley, like I said, people keep getting uh, like Debo is is the description. And that's just, that's always exciting. A couple running backs I've heard that people are excited about. Um, just to mention a couple of those guys, at least. Marshawn Lloyd turns some heads apparently. Which is good to see because he's a guy, when you look at his stats, who it, it's like he was efficient, but playing with Caleb Williams, they just threw the ball every stinking time. So he had like 100 rush attempts. So good to be more. Hopefully. What do you think of Marshawn Lloyd, Jesse? He's he's okay. I, I He's not a guy that I'm super high on. Um, I have some other guys when we get to the running back rankings that I like above him. Um but he's a solid player. I think that he has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, and, you know, so he did demonstrate that at USC a bit in that offense. He he transferred from South Carolina. So he's been very confusing for Steven and I <laughs> because they're both USC and they're both red. 
And uh, we got in trouble during a post there where we still had the uh, South Carolina logo on there that I didn't notice because he did. He played for the Gamecocks before he transferred over. But he's a, he's a good player. But I just I have some other guys I am more excited about. Yeah, three and, years, I believe, for the Gamecocks, correct? Mm hmm. No. Yep. And, and and sure enough, that's why he snuck into our, one of our graphics is a little a USC Gamecock. And uh, the other, <laughs> another guy we'll talk about more is uh, Ray Davis, Kentucky running back. But I'll save on him. I figured we wouldn't talk as much Marshawn Reloid later as he is a little bit further down the list. But those are guys who I've heard stood out. Quarterbacks, I heard disappointed, but um, had some good later practices. But that's to be expected uh, from quarterbacks throwing to receivers who they've never met before. Yeah. And I guess Spencer Rattler did really well. He was the MVP of the game. Uh, he looked really good throughout the week. And then Bo Nix was like four for five and his one incompletion was a flea flicker and he threw a dime to Tez Walker <laughs> and Tez Walker dropped it. So, you know, Bo Nix could have finished five for five. I, I think he's just been checking every box even in the off season. Um, so he's, he's definitely my guy at QB. The rest of the guys kind of struggle. Sam Hartman, his numbers were, were pretty terrible. So most of the quarterbacks didn't look very good, but generally speaking, it's tough to look really good throwing to guys that you don't know, learning a completely new system over the course of essentially like a week. So the fact that Spencer Rattler played really well, I, you know, maybe he's playing himself into, into a, uh, you know, fourth round quarterback or something like that, that maybe has a chance to earn a backup spot. And he's dangerous because he was, he was so highly regarded all the way through the recruiting process and everything else that the kid can really throw the ball and he's athletic. So it just, it seems like he's going to get a shot, uh, especially after a really good senior bowl. Some other guys that did not play very well, um, Rasheen Ali, he tore a biceps tendon. He's a running back from Marshall. I kind of liked him as a sleeper, but it's really tough with a guy with that kind of injury. He's going to be out for a while because those are pretty significant. Xavier Leggett, uh, the reason people are calling him a loser is I think he came in like two inches shorter than what was listed on the uh, South Carolina Gamecocks website. I think the guy is electric, so I, I think that we should still, especially with smaller wide receivers, still making plays in the NFL. We shouldn't just completely disregard him. Tez Walker though, on the other hand, I've, I've never been super high on him and he had a bunch of drops and looked uncomfortable in route running. That's, that's a, that's a red flag. So, um, not, not great for Tez Walker because he's a guy that didn't really pop for me. Um, so he's, he's kind of slid down my board. So those, those are ones that I've adjusted based on the, the recent senior bowl. Yeah, Steven, I need you to weigh in on this. So the Xavier Leggett conspiracy, the, the big the big news there. Um, how big of a shift is this to you? I think it's a significant one. It's two inches. They said he was 6'3 on the website. He's actually 6'1. I feel like that's a giant change, even though it's like not really. I feel like maybe that makes me more excited. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, we got Justin Jefferson, 6'1. We got CD Lamb, 6'2, Jamar Chase, six foot. There's a lot of Guys in that six foot, you know, Puka Nakua, six two. Not as many guys in the uh, six three and above range, like tearing it up in the NFL. So I, I don't see it as as much of anything, to be honest. Well, you know, if if you hear, you know, you're talking to a buddy and you're like, yeah, I got a friend who's he's six foot three. You're like, that's a big dude. That's a tall guy. But then you hear yeah. your friend saying, I got this friend. He's six one. You're like, well, okay, he's probably actually five eleven. Like he's not six one. That's nothing. <laughs> That it sounds is funny, more though. Andrew, like what <laughs> girls would talk about. Not not yeah. us guys, you know. Right. He's 
Well, Stephen Casey are definitely heightest. So this this feels like turning <laughs> over a new leaf. I, I feel like some of these shorter receivers making plays in the league. I'm getting excited just as a as a smaller wide receiver. I will tell you on the uh, Mesa State College program, I was like 5'10", 185. And there was no chance I was ever over 5'8", or 175 <laughs> ever in my college career. Short um, king. The, yeah. I think the biggest one I remember seeing was um, two years ago, Wandell Robinson. There was like a three-inch oh, yeah. difference. And yeah. that's when you start to to worry a little bit. But Casey's, we've also talked about the commandments. Casey's commandments are being questioned <laughs> by by some of the people closest in his circle. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I, and I'm one of those questioning it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Wandale went from 5'10 to 5'7. So that is like average height. Don't worry about it. To this dude, he can't ride roller coasters. No. Uh, but uh, Jesse, any more thoughts there on the senior bowl? No, I think we hit it all, bud. You want to jump into some running backs? Let's get into the meat of it. And speaking of meat, there's a lot of meat in this running back room. All right. We, we talked about it last week. And, you know, last last year, so fun. Like dudes running four threes, exciting. Like it got underestimated. I think Jameer Gibbs ran a four three something, but no one cared because Devon Achan was faster because <laughs> that was just last year's class. Bring in this year's class. These are some dudes with some quads, some schmeat that they are going to be slanging as they're running down this field and they're going to be knocking dudes over. And man, it does not get any bigger than our first guy. Actually, it does get bigger. That's what's scary. But one big dude who has a little wiggle to him. Tell us about Audric Estime, Jesse. Yeah, 5'11", 227, um, 20, 20 years old. He's declaring early. He almost had 1,000 yards in 2022 and then and then blew up with 1,300 yards and 18 touchdowns this past year. He is Jacob's number one running back. Um, he is not my number one running back. So I am now very concerned about any running back that looks like AJ Dillon coming into the league because AJ Dillon coming into the league, he was pulling away from people. He had it. it, He had explosion after he would stiff arm somebody and everything else. Um, And he does not look like that at the next level. Everybody's bigger. Everybody's stronger. If, if your speed is in question, I feel like it tends to hurt bigger running backs uh, unless you're Kyron Williams and speed doesn't matter, but, um, I am going to, since Jake's not here, I'm going to, I'm going to read from a scouting report that talks about his strengths and weaknesses just to give a little bit more of a like neutral stance. Um, but estimates robust physique and leg strength enable him to break through arm tackles and create his own running lanes. I know Jacob has talked about, he shows bursts of impressive lateral agility, complementing his power running style. So that's one of his main arguments is, is the guy can still move laterally really well. He displays good contact balance, adept at spinning off or bouncing off from soft contacts, efficient running style, maximizing yardage without unnecessary moves. Now, the things that stand out to me watching um, are here in the, the weaknesses scouting report. This isn't mine. This is one I found from an independent site just because Jake's cursing at me right now while he's listening. But <laughs> he lacks the extra gear to consistently create space in the secondary. Uh, his running style characterized by short choppy steps, harms breakaway speed, occasionally overly patient behind the line, allowing defenses to disrupt plays. Um, and there are some ball security concerns while built for pass protection. He needs further skill development in that area. So that, that those are the things that 
make me not have him at the top of my board. I just don't think he's as, as polished as some of these other running backs. Um, and then the other thing that we do have to say is uh, Jacob is a huge Notre Dame fan. So oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I don't well, know. I don't know. <clears throat> Steven, do you think he's coming in with a, a neutral neutralized? I don't. I'm sorry, Jacob. I, he's one of the guys I have watched a little bit of film on and the eyeball test. He kind of looks like a poor man's Leonard Fournette to me. He doesn't Ooh. look super fast. I don't think he seems to have a ton of wiggle. Yes, he looks like he could run over a few guys, um, but he doesn't look like he'll be that great in the pass game. Honestly, probably a little bit like Leonard Fournette. Like if somebody's going to dump off passes to him, he's probably fine, but not somebody you're going to send on on uh, routes. He does have some good metrics that stand out from PFF, um, but the eyeball test to me, he's a little bit slow and sluggish. Yeah, I, I, what I was seeing a lot of the similar things as you guys. Uh, he's shifty for a big guy, though. Like in terms of he can make a, I love this term. He can make a guy miss in a phone booth. He can do that, and it looks silly because he's two hundred twenty-seven pounds. And why it looks exceptionally silly, and who I comped him to was he looks like Jerome Bettis. And not that he's going to well, be a Hall of Fame running back. Not by that. He's you also never watched him. Come on, Andrew. No, I, before I, your time. I, even, I even went back. I watched the NFL <laughs> films, Stephen. He was an old uh, an old Ram way back in the day. You know um, where he went to school? Notre Dame. There you go. So that's why go. it's all playing. But the reason right. he looks like Jerome Bettis is he has some wiggle. But he looks huge because he's built like a Lego man on the top half. And then he just has like normal guy legs on the bottom half. So he's incredibly like top heavy and it's hysterical to see. So he's, he just looks bigger than he really is. And so you notice that when he's running, that it's all up top. So when he punches through a hole, nobody's bouncing off his quads. He has to make a guy miss. Now, if someone hits him up high, they're gone. Like that dude's bouncing to Mars. Like you are not talk, uh, tackling this guy top half, but he looks hysterical he looks, he looks a little bit like Jerome Bettis because of that. And PFF had this dude ranked as the top back in the class in terms of PFF grade. Um, so, And I just I, – you see that with like it's a good grade because he's a good, consistent runner. But as you guys said, he's not exciting. Like he makes a good play or two. But like that scouting report says, he, he doesn't always finish runs. He does have a lot of breakaways though. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be fine. I just uh, he's I don't think he's the best running back in this class. So that's that's where Jacob and I are differing there. Yeah, and the biggest thing to remember is that even the best back in this class, we're going to get excited if he goes in the second round. We might right. not see a second round running back this year. And yeah, I think I've, I've been seeing one one consistently. Yeah, I think that's something I got to keep in mind too. Is I'm. I'm, you know, you do the thing, you compare it as like recent running backs. And I feel like I'm guilty of doing that, comparing him to some of our last year running backs. And like you guys said, this is not the same running back class. No. And I know what guy you're seeing consistently in the second round, Jesse. And let me know if it's this guy, because I think I might be with you on liking this guy more. But Blake Corum, anyone? A little Blake Corum in your life? A little Michigan little guy coming off the torn ACL? I will start off by saying tape this year does not do him justice jesse tell us about how much you love blake quorum he's my he's my number one coming out um i know in devi or devi and dynasty when a guy stays another year especially he's a running back and has that acl a lot of people kind of write him off um he came back with that torn acl and rushed for 1200 yards and a school record 
27 touchdowns. Uh, also caught 16 balls for 117 yards. He he did catch catch a couple passes in the playoffs as well. I think they kind of held on to that ability of his till later in the season for that reason. When he was a sophomore, he had 24 catches, so he he will catch the ball out of the backfield. When you think of everybody, Stephen, I mean, we we can go way back and you can list all sorts of really great Michigan running backs. This guy is maybe the best in the history of Michigan. So whether or not he's extremely productive in the NFL, we'll see. But uh, an extremely productive career. He was um, uh, essentially had a he he wasn't a lock for the Heisman, but he was a lock for being a Heisman finalist before tearing his ACL as a junior. I still had him as my number three running back in last year's class. Um, I had it uh, Gibbs and our boy from Texas. Um, Bijan. 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 Yep. Yeah. And then, and then Blake Corum was my third favorite guy. And, and, um, and then he went back to school. So I've never seen a running back that I liked that much that I thought could be, you know, a second round guy go back to school. Um, now, We'll see. He's he's short. He is short, but he is very, very thick. And um, he had like 90 some speed on NCAA 14. Steve. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's going to run a fast 40, but they liked when he came in as a freshman. They he was he was in the 90s. I'm just throwing that, that out. there. That's what I always loved about the old uh, NCAA games is if a player is really good, I feel like they just gave him a ton of speed. <laughs> like that was the way to make a player really good on the game. And uh, that's, that's hilarious. Cause 97 speeds pretty. Uh, that's, that's a burner. Yeah. I thought looking at this guy, I, I remembered liking him cause we watched him last year. We all thought he'd come out. We thought it just made sense. Um, and so we were, we were getting ready for him and I remembered liking him last year and you singing his praises. And then I watched 23 tape and, and I'm like, yeah, he's got some stuff to him. He's got that veteran, like he's 23. He's doing the stuff he should. Like uh, one thing I noticed is like when he's trying to find a hole, he's it's like the in Space Jam when Bugs Bunny has a magnet and he's underground dragging that ball to the golf hole. Like he's magnetic in that way in finding a hole. Yeah, but and, like Wait that's a minute. What Bugs expect. Bunny too. We got Bugs Jerome Bettis and Bugs Bunny, Andrew. Yeah. I, I'm you're I'm surprising cultured, me Steve. today. <laughs> I'm cultured. Uh, put put some, put some respect on my name, but okay. I, Corum, he had that to him. But he had no burst. Like, he wasn't finishing. He wasn't doing anything exciting. What I wrote down is Quorum from 2023 is a day three pick. He is not a day two pick. Maybe third round, maybe. Quorum from 2022 before, that's the guy who's competing with Bijan and Gibbs. That's the guy who should be going in the second round. And we have to cross our fingers that we could actually get an elite running back out of this class if this dude can return to form like he did in 22 and 21. I like him a lot. I think he can finish runs. He can get big when he needs to. He's got the 30 BMI I want to see. He checks a lot of boxes if he's healthy. Yeah, he's a dominator rating too. Really, really really high character guy. Done a ton for his community. Comes from a a very small town community, small town mentality. Um, I think he's a guy that you kind of want to root for based on his, his background and his story and everything else. So I could see him being successful right away. Being older like that, you do have to factor that in. If you're a dynasty player, um, you know you know that shelf life isn't as long, but um, he should be ready to go. and And he does everything well. He picks up the blitz, he catches the ball out of the backfield. He's a complete running back, um, short in stature, but does everything else really, really well. 
Yeah, I'm excited for him with age and everything considered. I think he's a dude you can plop onto a team next year if he's healthy. And all of a sudden, he's just a, like a low-end RB2, mid-range RB2. And you're, you're, you're not thrilled. You're not over the moon. But he's just going to be so solid, I think, in the NFL. Uh, so if no more thoughts on Blake Corum, this next guy is a dude. And like we said, no consensus one. Like no guy who's blowing anyone away. So here's a guy a lot of people have at RB1 out of Florida State, Trey Benson. All right, got a big back, Florida State. A lot of good Florida State backs, Jesse. There's a lot of history there. What are you thinking of this Mr. Noel, Mr. Trey Benson? 6'1", 223. Another really big guy uh, coming out as a junior. He he was really productive out of the backfield catching the ball as well. Um, that, that school has produced a lot of really good running backs, and um, – I think that he could be kind of the next in line. He he just does like everything well, I guess. Um, did not put up the gaudy numbers of some of these other guys, but still 900 yards over the last two seasons and and plenty of catches out of the backfield. Um, he's pretty good. For a big guy, He's he's got some burst. So I, I like his burst in the open field a little bit more than Estime. Um, I would probably have Estime above him in the overall rankings. And uh, we still haven't gotten to the guy that I see uh, going first. So again, just kind of shows shows you how different some of these rankings and everything are. But um, well, to your to your point, Jesse, his breakaway run percentage is the highest out of this class. Okay, so you were just talking about that. That speaks to it. Yeah, I have him as my fourth running back. Um, I do really like him. I think he could be a really good one in, in the NFL. Um, Basically, the top five are a little bit interchangeable, though. That's where we get to see what what exactly you know a team is looking for. Um, but yeah, Stephen, and you you know you list off uh, Cook, you know Dalvin Cook from mm-hmm. from Florida State. They they just look similar with the ball in their hands, with the same helmet on, single digit number, all the things. So, <laughs> um, you know, poor poor man's poor man's uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I wrote down for this guy is he's built right. Estimate's built wrong. Like, that dude is <laughs> not shaped like a human being is supposed to be shaped. It's hilarious to see him play. I love it. Want the best for Estimate. Trey Benson's built like a running back, and he's built like a good running back. So the first thing I wrote down was nice quads, bro. We need we need some good quads in the league. Like, he fills those pants nicely. And I mean mm-hmm. that in the most oh, uh, platonic way possible. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd refrain from saying that too often. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being innocent here, Steven. Innocence. Uh, but he can get skinny through holes as a big back. And he has a lot of those traits I like to see. He just doesn't do it as consistently as a Bijan or a Gibbs. But he has those flashes. If somebody gets a hold of this young man, and I can call him young man because, guys, I'm actually older than some of these people for once. It's crazy. Um, but if someone can get a hold of this young man and teach him the ins and outs and like make him more consistent, I think he's got a lot of bursts, that breakaway speed. Let's see it more. That Florida State offense was a lot worse than I thought it was. So he didn't put up gaudy numbers because there weren't really gaudy numbers to be had. There's two receivers there who might go round or round one or two. Uh, and that's because they're both really talented. I don't know how this offense didn't have more yards. I like me some Trey Benson. I think there's some excitement there. He might be a guy that a team grabs. It's like, actually, we see a lot here. But any other thoughts on Mr. Benson? No, I agree with everything you said. Um when all said and done, he could be the best one. I don't, you know, it's, it's just, again, it's, it's a little tough to tell because there, 
there's not a ton of traits separating each of these ones from the other. So he, he, he does have really good size speed combination and he was productive as a player. He helped Florida state to an undefeated regular season. Um, I don't think he played in the bowl game. I think he may have sat out just like every other player on Florida state sat out to get yeah, this, this, the score indicated a lot of those guys did not play. Yeah. So, um, and he wasn't like super impressive in the ACC championship, uh, 3.7 yards per carry. They kind of bottled him up. Um, so we'll see. He didn't, he didn't finish extremely well, but yeah, I, I think, like I said, I, I think I got him at four right now and I feel pretty comfortable in that four or five range. Yeah. Again, any one of these guys, top five could weirdly land on a team and be really, really good because they give them opportunity and they grow a little bit. So no, no crazy guy, but we got to keep an eye on him. A lot of second round rookie picks. Uh, all right. Another guy that a lot of people like, uh, and I've seen a lot of people, this might have been the guy you're talking about, taking second round, really hyped. PFF's second highest graded guy in this class is Jonathan Brooks. Guy sat behind Bijan for his career, breaks onto the scene, has an absolutely massive productive season, and I had to go rewatch him. He might be sneaking up to my number one. Jesse, you tell us about him, though. He he's the one I've seen maybe the most consistently going being drafted in the set, middle of the second round. Um, he's Mel Kuyper's top running back. You know, if you guys are are Kuyper guys or uh, McShay guys, you know, and listen to that. <laughs> he he is their their he's that he's their top guy. Um, he did, he looked really good this year. He kind of he it did. There was not a huge drop off from Bijan. They had another. Um, Jaden blue is another running back that they had and they, they did split time. So he wasn't really like a featured player necessarily. So, you know, a thousand yards rushing 10 touchdowns. He caught 25 balls. I think that that's really good for fantasy purposes. Um, and yeah, another six foot two Oh two pretty well-built guy. And normally a torn ACL would be like a huge red flag, but apparently now, we just tear ACLs and play the next football season. And it's like no big deal, but he did tear his ACL late in the season. Um, cool story. Well, I, I think because the coaches knew that he um, was probably going to the league, they actually suited him up and put him in the the last game that they played at Texas. And they let him just go out onto the field for a kneel down, uh, even with a torn ACL. So that that's one of the lasting memories of Jonathan Brooks. They they must have really liked him there. I think he's a very solid running back. What were you going to say, Stephen? I was just going to say to the ACL thing. I might be targeting guys with torn ACLs. We've seen we, Brees <laughs> Hall looked like. I mean, he, he looked better than before. Um, you know, sometimes with this rehab, they're in even better shape than they were. You know, prior to tearing. So. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sort of kidding there, but at the same time, I'm not worried about ACLs at this point with modern medicine. Yeah, and this guy's got a lot of explosiveness to his game. It does make me concerned. He's going to be hard to read. Like whenever this guy first gets there, not only a rookie running back, super annoying because it's when are they going to get the real time work and are they ever going to get it? And is he look good right now or bad right now because of the ACL or is it because he isn't getting work or is it, he's going to be a headache? So be be prepared for that when you draft him. Unless a team gets a, a second round pick on this guy, you, you're going to be a mystery for a year, I'd think. Um, but I I wrote down that he's one of the few guys in this class who can make the most out of space 
all of the other guys do a really good job of getting to the hole they're supposed to get to and getting into the space. But when Jonathan Brooks gets into space, when Bijan Gibbs get into space, like again, that level of guy, they're able to make the most out of it, find a way to fall forward, make an extra guy miss to keep it the the uh, you know the play going. And I see that in Brooks' game way more than any of the other guys. Most of the other guys get to a hole and there's just no one else there. And that's when they take off. Brooks can make a dude miss. He can win a play. And that's one of the few guys who can other than Quorum if he gets back to where he was. So I'm actually a big fan of Jonathan Brooks. That ACL scares me. We'll see what the draft says about him. But again, throw him into the pool. Mix them, throw these guys into a bag, mix up that bag. It should make that motion. And then, uh, you know, throw these guys out and they'll, who knows who's going to be the top guy. Some, can you, Steven, can you explain to Andrew, this is a family friendly podcast here. I'm trying, I'm trying my best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We never, we never say anything stupid. (laughs) You know what though? Um, You know, the only way the ACL probably concerns me or scares me is if it affects his draft capital. If he goes late, if he doesn't go uh, in the top three rounds, then I start to worry a little bit more. If he if he can manage to go, you know, in the third round or something, I'd probably worry a lot less. Yeah, everything's saying he'll go top two or three. If I see the two, I'm more in immediately. And instead of like making him a buy low later, if he's round three, I'm going to be real cautious. I think I can buy him low and see if he can look better year two as opposed to year one. That's kind of my approach with him. So of the guys we've mentioned, just just my order, if I was drafting and, and it came up to my spot, I would take Corum, then I would take Brooks, then I would take Estime, then I would take Benson. That's how I have it listed currently. Um, Jacob has kind of talked me into moving Estime up. I had him outside the top five early in the draft process, but I have watched him a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I think, I think those four guys and maybe the next guy we talk about could go in those first three rounds. Um, But I would, I would imagine no one in the first and no one even maybe halfway through the second. So is, is mostly what I'm seeing. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to assume as well. No surefire running back going in the first round, but one guy who's a little bit different from the rest of these dudes, little scat back kind of action here, Bucky Irving. But man, that dude is exciting. And everyone, and I mean everyone, looks faster in Oregon Ducks uniforms. <laughs> I mean, look at that silver helmet. That's a bullet. What do you think of Bucky Irvin? He's one of my favorites. He he probably rose the most uh, for me of any running back throughout just watching him play throughout the season because so much of the offense went through him. And it's it this really is it's Steven's cheat code. Steven, look at the receptions there. 56 catches this past season. I'm mouth's watering. Yeah. And and 31 the year before that. So the guy's got, you know, almost a hundred catches in his career under his belt, a couple of thousand yard rushing seasons. He he's thicker than you think. Um my, I've seen him finish runs and look really good. If you watch the CU Buffs play him, uh, it was not pretty. That was when the the whole CU buffs thing came crumbling down after three weeks of us being very, very excited. Bucky Irving just put one on him. Um, so really, really good player. He wilted a little bit at the two times that they played Washington. He did not play very well, which those were the closest thing to an NFL defense that he saw all year. So I think that's why he's not going to jump up and be that, you know, number one guy. And also I know Casey, since Casey's not here, just in, in Casey's in, in remembering Casey's honor, he did wear number zero, so I know Casey would knock him down <laughs> a few pegs because of wearing number zero. So 
Yeah, and sub two hundred pounds. This is a this is the worst nightmare for Casey. You know, I will say just because I can comment on the number zero. Um, even though you know we had uh, Calvin Ridley, who's like kind of the one that I think of the most as like adopting that number this season, and he didn't do that well. I think the number zero is starting to grow on me. No, yeah, that's you. I, I, I don't, I don't do know what's together. happening, but I, you know, I, I design these avatars, you know, I do a lot with design and the, the number zero, it's kind of a, you know, it's symmetrical looks good. Um, I, you know, I can't just fight the trend forever. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in on it now. No, don't give in to that. Don't give in to that. That is not a number. Zero is the existence of no quantity. Get that out of here. <laughs> Next, we're going to have negative numbers. It would be negative 13. How, how do you like that, Stephen? Is that the world you want to live in? Well, eventually, if, if enough player numbers get retired, I mean, we're going to you know, we have to think of other options, Andrew. I still think that the hashtag's coming. I Yeah, give me. I'll take hashtag. I'll take like circle on their chest. Like their number is circle. Circle. Yeah. <laughs> Before zero, circle is better than zero. No, it's symmetrical. It's remember even. when Steven, remember when Goldberg in, in uh, the longest yard, he was X? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's, I can uh, give it that. Here, here's here's my Bucky Bucky Irving thing. This is this is reading a weakness from his scouting report, and then me going, eh, I think uh, it might be a strength for me. Is it <laughs> says struggles to decelerate after gaining speed. <laughs> Str- <laughs> You know, it's just like he hits it and he goes, man. He he's fast. He has home run hitting ability. Um, Are they just initial... saying he can't he can't do that move that like Lamar Jackson did on that right. guy where he just yeah. stopped and the guy like ran by? I think that's I, what they're saying. How but often I'm, does that happen? I'm like, let's why decelerate? You know, yeah. all gas, all gas, no brakes. That's my motto. Yeah, I, I I wrote down a comment. Um, he snatches the the soles and and spelled it like foot soles out of anyone who's standing flat footed. Mm. Uh, like if you're if you're not ready for this dude, and I saw I forgot who they're playing, but he was playing a guy. I think it was like Wyoming, someone not amazing, and the linebacker was just standing there ready to like take on the impact, and he lowers <laughs> his, his eyes. Head. Yep, Bucky <laughs> Irving's right behind him <laughs> before he even realizes it. So he's got like big Jarek McKinnon um, from years past vibes. Like this dude is not an every down back, but look at those receptions. I don't care. This is a dude who I think is going to slide in drafts because, you know, maybe not there's a new trend of taking these smaller, lighter, faster guys. But I think if this dude falls and he loses some attention, I really want this guy. If he gets the third in rookie drafts, I'm snatching him everywhere. There's so much receiving potential he can actually run a route. Him and one other guy we're going to talk about can actually run a receiver route. And I'm excited for those guys. So Oregon Ducks, number zero. Steven, don't do it. I mean, just look at that. Like the circle or the O there in the duck is a better number on the jersey than the zero. <laughs> I'm standing by math. I feel like I feel like they're the same. But do you teach math? Is that right, Andrew? You're a math teacher? I cannot count to 11. So, no, I do not teach math. I teach social studies. The oh, okay. Side. Okay. Social studies. All right. Because you yes. you, just, you were doing like non-quantifiable, all these, like, I was like, I thought it was social studies, but you were convincing me there that it was math no, for a second. I'm just good you know, at a you... trivia night where I randomly list facts and big words to sound smart. I'm an idiot. Don't let anyone make you think different. <laughs> I used to be more out on these guys as I, I, I always like the receiving back. So that, that is a Trump card for me, but I don't know with Devin a chain, these guys look similar sized. He probably is a little taller than a chain. Um, 
similar type of workload to A-Chain in college, at least the, his final year. So I don't know. Kind of getting a little more into these guys. He just doesn't have wheels like A-Chain or Keaton Mitchell is the only difference. He's got wheels, but not like not like that. Like A-Chain, A-Chain doesn't touch the ground. That dude's gliding. It's cheating. <laughs> well, we're going to go from Bucky Irving to a dude who it cannot be more opposite of Bucky Irving. And that is this monster of a human being. Braylon Allen. And Jesse, I feel cheated by this individual. This was the guy who I actually knew the name of going into this college season. I was like, this dude was good last year. He's big. He's fast. He's young. He's going to be awesome. And he blew everything and ruined it. And he had a good coordinator, I thought, there. And I'm really upset about that Wisconsin red man doing us dirty. So please, Jesse, tell us more about him. Well, you know, they, they went away from the Wisconsin slam it right down your throats with an NFL style, uh, pro style offense. And they went to more of spread, a spread concept, his yards per carry 5.4, 5.4. That, that didn't change much. He still scored 12 touchdowns. Um, he just did not get quite as much opportunity this past season. My my biggest thing, and he has a really good breakout age because he got there as a true freshman and he rushed for 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns as a true freshman. Um, he just showed up on campus and was was their guy, the centerpiece of their offense right away. So that part uh, that part's good. And if you look three years, being extremely productive, I would say, but you know, like 400 yards less this this past season. I think it was more due to the offense changing around. I. I don't see another gear and, and they tried to get him into the passing game, you know, more of a spread offense and he caught 28 balls, but he caught 28 balls for 131 yards. So, you know, averaging four yards per reception, he wasn't turning those receptions into anything. He did not have a single receiving touchdown. So I worry about that limiting his upside at the next level. And he just seems like this is back to that estimate thing. He's a really big physical runner that doesn't really seem to have that gear. And I think that the spread concepts are becoming more in vogue in the NFL. And that's why you're seeing a guy like Kyron Williams look really good because he's playing in essentially a spread offense instead of just having to ground and pound with a fullback and a bunch of tight ends in front of you. Um, so I don't know. I think that the production falling off as he entered into the spread is a pretty big red flag considering that I don't, he's, he's not gonna, he's not gonna go run that crazy 40 time like Jonathan Taylor did. Although I didn't think Jonathan Taylor was going to do that. And then he did. So maybe this guy will as well, but six two two forty five, he's a big fella. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Kind of gives me just, just his profile, just his physical profile, very AJ Dillon, six two two forty five. I think AJ Dillon was six foot two forty seven coming out. What I'll say to that is how many running backs can you list that are 240 plus that became very good? At fantasy, fantasy for sure. I think I, I think in general, you and, know, like and, well, and like half of them are actually Wisconsin, you know, because you got Ron Dane, <laughs> you know, like that's, not good. that's what they that's what they do. That's what they produce there in, in Wisconsin is those big giant running backs. Um well, I can tell you the only ones I can think of. Derrick Henry, who he's not that. That was a special, special player. Um, and the uh, LeGarrette Blunt are like two running backs that I can picture being over 240 pounds that were 
anything special. Who is who is that monster for the Giants that kept going? Brandon Jacobs. Brandon Jacobs. <laughs> There's your other. And, one. and even he was pretty. I mean, not not so good. You know, he had well, he had a couple of games here and there, but his his thing was the vulture, right? So maybe mm-hmm. you do. You know, if Braylon Allen goes to a team that is just just waiting to hand it off to a guy down on the goal line. Um, maybe that works out in his favor because he is a, he's a lot of men coming at you. Same thing with estimate, but just, I don't know. I really do feel like the NFL is starting to shift its focus a little bit to these uh, kind of every down backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield and do something with it um, versus these big ground and pound guys. Um, just as you go down the list and you look at all 30 teams, it's hard to find a team where the featured back is that big giant pounding running back, except for Derrick Henry. Like you said, Steven, he's kind of, he's yep. becoming more of the outlier than the, the the regular. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you guys mentioned how many of these guys who are 245 plus pounds are good in fantasy. I mean, there just aren't many guys who are 245 plus pounds and can run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's six two. That's a linebacker. All right. Uh, and I'm, I'm just scrolling through stat head right now. Um, no, no, no free ads that head, but great, great site. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I'm just seeing like fullbacks like that, that are at yeah. that weight. It's not common. It's not common to be that. Well, it's not that common to be that big in general, but to be that big and be a running backs, even it, not a lot. I'll, I'll tell you guys right now, you guys know, you may, we, we've talked about this last year, Steven, with some of the, uh, the draft or the combine prep. He's he's gonna be two thirty two, yeah, yeah, something right at the at the combine. He's well, out there. He is dieting like a mofo so that he's gonna come in at a certain weight to to make himself look as good as possible. While other guys are like, I'm not running the forty. I am just crushing food and getting fat right now because they they really are. They're trying to push ten pounds this way, ten pounds that way. Um, lose lose two two tenths off the forty this way, or you know, and they do it strategically. So I wouldn't be surprised if he like maybe he'll weigh in at the combine uh, a lot lighter, and then uh, or well no it was the other way I think it was Bryce Young who like got really big for the combine but didn't run right because he, yeah, he, he ate wanted yeah. cheeseburgers every single well, day. But, yeah. You know it depends on if he can if he can run with the weight because I feel like back in the day Leonard Fournette actually came into the combine pretty big, but he ran like a four or five flat and everyone was pretty impressed with him. So if he if he can keep a decent speed at the weight he's at, uh, maybe he doesn't lose as much weight. But I, I would like to see him at the combine with a two and then a three, not a two and a four in his uh, weight. I think two thirty something. I'd be, I'd be happier with. Yeah, I think if, if, if this is a dude who, if I, I go through and I do some statistical analyses on these guys of like what are some just stat quantifiable check marks I can check off. He hypothetically checks all of them. Like hypothetically, he is a Bijan level physical specimen. Now he doesn't cut like Bijan. He isn't. He isn't. A, he isn't good at finding hole like Bijan. He doesn't have the skill like Bijan. But size, got it. Speed, got it. Early breakout age, got it. Production, got it. Receiving back, got it. Now statistics say he's those things. I don't actually think he's that special. I had to scroll a long way to find uh, Braylon Allen's PFF grade on PFF's uh, ranking list there. Yeah, it's not that high. No. And I'm looking at guys who are between 235 and 245, and I'm seeing uh, Jerome Bettis, so that's a, that's a good one to be. But then, like, Eddie Lacy. And so, 
I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> yeah, no, it 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 really is. It's the Eddie Lacy and the um I've said his name five times, the guy from the Packers, the AJ Dillon. It's the AJ Dillon Eddie Lacy <laughs> stuff that's just it's like we all get really excited and then it's like it's just a big target in the NFL, you know? And yeah. it's it, these guys are just as big as you are. So I don't know. It's just been a while since we've seen a guy that still runs through people. And really it's, yeah, it's Derrick Henry. And, and then everybody else is just kind of looking like a backup that you put in every once in a while. So that's, yeah, these that's guys why aren't I'm like... a little, I'm a little off on estimate and, and Allen, you know, the, where versus where I would normally be with running backs. Yeah. He's like bigger than, you know, Fred Warner, but he's not running over him and he's not no, getting away right. from him. So right. yeah, that's what no. we run into. And I and I wrote in in big letters on his page on my little iPad here. Uh, get a map, get him a map because he is lost at all times. He does not know what to do with that body. So please, someone in the NFL, get him a map, tell him where to go. But this next guy, a little better veteran esque to him, knows what he's doing, knows where he's going, and he knows how to use that big body of his. Ray Davis, Jesse, I know this is a guy you like, and a guy we talked about in the chat one day. I think he scored like five touchdowns in a game, and. Someone demanded that you tell us about who this man was. Yeah, Jacob and I were both watching the Kentucky Wildcats and the Florida Gators game at the same time. And there was this guy, Ray Davis, who was not really on my radar at the time, just gashing them. He's gashing them in the passing game, gashing them in the running game. And I was going, who the hell is this guy? And I had to look into it a little more. He was a thousand yard back, you know, in 2022 as well. But really this year, it was 1,100 yards, 14 touchdowns, caught a ton of balls as well, seven touchdowns receiving. He did it all. That that Kentucky offense is a pro-style offense. So he's he's um, literally a guy that was like in the pros, circled back to be their offensive coordinator. So that bodes well. And he kind of did everything well. I'm, I think I have Ray Davis maybe higher – than a lot of folks, but I, I have him as my sixth running back. So I, I really like him. I have him above Braylon Allen for that reason. All the reasons I just listed, I think he's, I think he's a complete player. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I really like him. Yeah. I thought he was a big dude. Again, another guy that a lot of people were really excited about at the senior bowl. Um, of showing off that size and speed. And he's condensed. I don't think he's 5'10", um, but he definitely is 220. Is it kind of the feeling you get from him? And he's got, I wrote, dynamite for legs. He's explosive. Um, he's really freaking old. I double-checked that age because I didn't believe it. That dude's 24. <laughs> well, you, Let me go back to You don't need out. to double-check the age when you see he was in college for five years. Yeah, that's true. Years. Lots of people go to college for five years, Stephen. <laughs> Braylon Allen <laughs> cannot consume alcohol. All right, he's 20. Yeah. There you get this Ray Davis guy. A lot of his stuff is physical. And when a lot of your goods are physical and you're 24 years old getting tackled by an 18-year-old, little red flag for me. So Ray Davis, I, I like him. There's definitely some positives there. I'd like to see what the NFL thinks of him. And then I'll kind of cast my vote with him. Uh, and that's kind of how I'm doing this. Like, But, you know, could be something there. But a tier down from the top five, I would agree. Yeah, and I mean, we're already getting down into the fourth, fifth round now with guys, right? Because I, I don't think you're going to see Ray Davis in the, in the third. Um, so yeah, fifth, sixth, seventh round running backs is what you're talking about now. So we're already in a position where, you know, um, maybe all the receivers that you really liked are gone. And now we're starting to get 
get down to the the well maybe i have to take a running back that's more where we're at with these guys because this again is just not the strongest class um and there are so many really good wide receivers i would suggest at this uh, around this range to just start throwing darts at wide receivers versus really you know uh leaning into one of these running backs but you never know because we did have um Oh, Steven, who's the kid from BYU that went to the Falcons? Um, uh, I, the guy that everybody hated. that had. Oh, uh, Tyler Algier. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler Algier. He went to such a good uh, situation that, that that really changed the outlook that everybody had on him. I actually liked him before the draft. but um, So it could be similar with Ray Davis, right? If we just see a situation where he could be one of those top two running backs, um, at this point in the game, I, I really like looking for running backs that are, are third down backs that can come in and can do pass pro and can catch the ball because I feel like that's how they get on the field as a rookie. And, you know, what you want is you want your running back getting on the field as a rookie. You want them contributing on special teams and on third downs. So they don't have to be the guy at this point. And, um, you know, I think Ray Davis brings enough to the table to kind of be that type of player. Um, but there's there's a couple other guys further down the list that I think I'm maybe just as excited about. Kind of depends on really on landing spot. You know who he kind of has a, a physical look to to me is uh, Maurice Jones Drew, like a short, stocky guy, decent receiver from his stats at least um, in college. So obviously not going to get drafted like we saw Maurice Jones Drew, but just physically he kind of has a, a look like that to me. Well, and I, I actually forgot, but my my uh, comp for Blake Corum was the muscle hamster because he just mm. is so small and but so just jacked and physically gifted, even though he's on the shorter side. Um, he always kind of reminded me of him, and he's that kind of dynamic playmaker too. So that's why I had him at the top because gotcha. Maurice Jones-Drew was a decent fantasy back for a while there. Oh, yeah. Definitely. What I'm going to do here, gentlemen, is do a quick drive-by of these last couple guys we have in the top 10 because I want to ask one question about our overall dynasty rankings for this class. So stop me if there's something you want to say, but I'm just going to give a little general profile of these last couple guys. Um, so next up, we got Marshawn Lloyd. Again, another dude. Not to spend too much time on him. We talked about him at the top. Senior Bowl, tearing it up. Uh, BMI, hello, big man. Little little height, big weight. Um, that'll carry. That'll play in the NFL. Little receiving back play. Um, hard to tell with the stats, like we were saying. Caleb Williams throw the ball a lot. Team doesn't run a whole bunch. Uh, any passing thoughts on Marshawn Lloyd? Well, I'll just say he's a guy that you know he actually stands out in the dynasty guide because he's got a very high. I think he's got the highest elusive rating uh, of the guys in this back that PFF tracked. Um, his yards after contact per attempt are the highest out of this class and his breakaway run percentage are the highest out of this class. So there are a few things, and he's got a decent grade, an 82 PFF grade. So he's got a few things that are going for him. Um, so I'll just point out that those things stand out a little bit to me. Yeah, I think I, like it. I think it depends where he lands because he's just kind of a B running back for me. So the, yeah. the hearing the B PFF grade is... You know, yeah, he's got the 82 PFF grade. That's a B. Yeah. That's a B minus. B minus, B minus running back. So that's fine. Exactly. Now let's get to a guy everyone's going to compare to Danny Woodhead and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, take one guess at why. Will Shipley out of Clemson. A uh, little receiving back action. This is another guy who I noted can actually run a route. And so that's more why I think he's CMC. If you put CMC in a in a freezer and he didn't let him eat food for a while and 
he you took his athleticism like monster style. Um, but CMC in that way, in that he's he's shifty, good receiving back out of Clemson. Clemson's offense sucked this year, but he seemed like he was a little bit of a spotlight. Any little uh, quick tabs on Will Shipley? Uh, he's been the bright spot on bad Clemson teams for a couple years now, um, and I really like him. He's my sleeper. You know, this is the guy that I would be targeting in that. You know, Lattimore, Braylon Allen, uh, Dylan Johnson, Isaiah. Day, you know, I, I because of the receiving upside and and that I think he could come in. He could be. He was the kick returner for the Clemsons. For, for the Clemson, the for, <laughs> for the Clemson Tigers, he was their kick returner. Um, he runs mad, like angry, trying to hurt people and spin out of stuff and give every single. And it's it's led to some injuries because he's going so hard all the time. Um, but I do think if he stays healthy, that that that's also the thing that can endear you to your teammates right out the gate and and get him into a position to see the field a lot. So, so Will Shipley is my, he's my deep sleeper this year. Um, worth definitely watching. If he goes to a team that needs a third down running back, he's perfect in that role. Um, and we'll have to see how fast he is. It, it, this might be like a Kyron Williams situation where he doesn't run that fast, but he's fast in pads. He broke, broke tackles, made plays. Um, he didn't, he wasn't always healthy, but part of it was he was going so hard all the time, twisting, throwing his body around, never going out of bounds. Um, so we'll see if he stays healthy. But I, I like his attitude and effort as a running back. Kind of sounds like uh, the description of a Belichick running back. Like a versatile, <laughs> do it everything, Rex Burkhead type that a little more situational, but interesting. Yeah. Rex Burkhead might be a, a good way to go. And Rex Burkhead was fantasy relevant a few times because he is that guy. He's You can use him in a lot of different ways. And I think that's the type of thing you'll get with Will Shipley. All right. Our 10th guy, Dylan Johnson, played in the great Washington offense. I think that was a made it really easy to get production. He played at Mississippi State for a little bit. Um, had to look at, uh, what are they, 2021? 65 catches, 48 catches. Again, could be a good receiving back. Really easy for him to get catches in that Washington system. Uh, quick thoughts on Dylan Johnson. I think I think he's another guy that the fit, if the fit is there, he could produce. Um, he was not really on my radar and then had a really good season. I mean, if we look at 488 yards, 485, 225, um, I, I didn't really know who he was. And then he had just some monster games this season. Monster games in the most important games. He killed usc i think he went for like almost 300 yards rushing he killed oregon both times he played him um so they were able to lean on him in the spread now can he run with a stacked box i don't know when you have three nfl wide receivers on the outside um and then he also did not finish a few games down the stretch he had some injury things and i think that pushes him down the list and, and enough that again at this point in the draft if there's not a ton of upside as a as a third down back special teams guy, I'm probably targeting wide receivers at this point. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement with everything you just said there about Mr. Johnson. He's 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 got some good to him, but I'm just not sure. It's uh, well, we'll see where he goes. You know, a lot of positions. Where is this guy going to go in the draft? Is going to decide a lot of these guys' uh, final outcomes. But that gets us through all of our running backs. So there's one last question I want to ask you guys. Um, Steven, if you have input, um, I know you're kind of getting around the, on these rookie picks, Jesse, I'm sure you do. 
Um, looking at the rankings, if you got them pulled up, uh, this beautiful, be- oh my goodness, chef's kiss, Steve, this beautiful fantasy guides dynasty ranking sheet I'm looking on. It's got colors. It's got <laughs> Dude, bars. I have, I have uh, this is some of the stuff I'm working on, Andrew. I have, I've been uh, really streamlining this whole process to make it easier for us all to update things. I've been using AI to help me with some Ooh. of this stuff. So, you know, I got to put in a little bit of the, the back end stuff that people don't actually see. This isn't the pretty colorful stuff that you see on Instagram, but uh, it's going to make a big difference this off season and uh, definitely going into next, uh, next football season. Hey, I'd say it's pretty and colorful, but the question I have for you is going to make you tear into this pretty colorful thing when we're drafting at this point, And then there's a lot that's going to change, but I want to know as of right now, where are your tiers? Where are you drafting in like this tier of, I feel really, really good that I have a piece on my team for years to come. Like this is, this is going to be a hit. I'm excited. And then we're going to mosey into where you, where you more like, uh, maybe we'll call this like the Jordan Addison um, kind of range, say flowers range from last year where you're like, I'm pretty sure this guy's good, but if he flops, would be super surprised, may not have the most potential. So let's kind of work our way down this a little bit. Those first couple tiers. Where's that first tier break for you in super flex leagues, Jesse? Where's that first, like, this is dynamic, explosive, I'm excited to have it kind of tier? I would say... I think you could go seven deep of pretty elite players. Um I'll rattle off those those first seven to give you more time to think. So that's like Caleb yeah. Williams, at least according to our rankings, and this is pretty mm-hmm. close to most mock drafts. Uh, Caleb Williams, then Marvin Harrison two, May Drake May at three, Jaden Daniels at four, Malik Neighbors at five, Roma Dunze at six, Brock Bowers at seven. Is that what you said? Seven. Yeah, I feel pretty confident that those seven guys are going to be really, really good NFL players. Um, Brock Bowers is probably the one that I'm, I'm the most excited about personally, because when you're in super flex and he's fallen back to the seventh spot, man, I, I think he's the second most dynamic fantasy player in the draft. So I think if you can get him at seven, you're still getting a ton of value. And then that's really, that's kind of that first tier where then I think you get into some, um, a lot more variation in like where, where people like guys and what's going to happen. The receiver thing's interesting. We'll talk more about that. You know, Keon Coleman, Xavier worthy, Brian Thomas, Jr. Troy Franklin, uh, AD Mitchell, all those guys show up in like the first round of mock drafts. So it just depends which one of those goes, right? Um, Somebody's going to fall in love with somebody there. and, And then that will make those receivers enticing. But as for right now, like if you're going to try and find a tier of like how to, you know, get into a draft that I, I feel like it's, you'd, you'd be hard pressed to really make a mistake in those top seven. We did talk about how Jaden Daniels is maybe a little risky. Um, but man, Harrison neighbors, Adunze, Bowers, Williams, May, these guys are all really, really good. I, they feel almost can't miss to me. So I think that's your can't miss tier. Yeah. And, and since this is a, is a, family show i don't want to get too graphic but like nerf gun like one of the really like powerful ones have you get have you been shot with a recently made <laughs> Dude, nerf gun yeah well so i got one for Kiefer for christmas a few years ago and it sucks because he never wants to play with it because it's too powerful it's got the yeah. little yellow balls it, it feels 
it's barely under a paintball gun. <laughs> you get yeah. you shot me in the neck one time, and I felt like that. Uh, <laughs> what's that movie, Jesse? That we always quote. Oh, uh, it's old school when he's like got darted school. in the neck jugular because I was yeah. like, oh, I like uh, held my neck like I was expecting goes, like my got jugular a, got to go. Dart, you got a dart in your neck, man. <laughs> Yeah, you're, yeah. Funny. you're crazy, man. You're crazy. Yeah. So I would say, uh, is that the kind of Nerf gun you're talking about, Andrew? Because I also got yes. a Gatling gun Nerf gun, Ooh. but that just shoots out the little uh, darts, and it, it it's awesome, but it doesn't hurt as bad. So you want the painful one? Yeah. I mean, these Nerf guns they they kick nowadays. They got some good technology in them things. Um. So I'm saying one of those guns, one of those guns to my head. Not to be too graphic, okay. but I, you know, there's a threat of danger here. Those things are powerful. Yeah. Um, if I had to say like guys who I think will smash, like if I take them with one of my picks, I'm going to have something at least top three for me is like, for sure. Like obviously Drake may Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison are going to be good on my team, produce fit and fantasy for at least a few years. And then from there I'm with Jesse still where I'm feeling really darn good still about the rest. Like I have a really hard time separating in anyone from four to seven now. And yeah. then again, big teardrop after that. So that's kind of what I wanted to address with this. Top seven, thumbs up. After that, we'll see what the draft take, takes us. I also and think, I think... Go ahead, Jess. Well, I, I think the other thing that makes this particular draft interesting is how many quarterbacks that you're going to have taken really high. Because what that does in Superflex especially is all those guys get pers- pushed into the first round. So I will say, if we're just talking like general draft strategy moving forward, man, those second round picks look good to me because, you know, somebody's going to fall in love with Michael Penix. Somebody's going to fall in love with JJ McCarthy. Somebody's going to fall in love with Bo Nix. All three of those guys end up being first round picks in a super flex draft. There's a lot more variability there and those guys actually panning out. And that puts this whole big slew of wide receivers that we all really like there, there's like six of them then that you could you have an opportunity at in that second round and some of these running backs you know so one of these running backs will go in the actual second round and you know you have a draft where none of them are going to go in the first round of a rookie draft this year in, in dynasty so you know if you love Blake Corum man you might be able to get him at the 15th 16th 20th best player right so it, that's something that I'm looking at the second round holding a lot of value. Those first seven picks are the elite ones. And then there's a lot of value in the second round. It's kind of, that would be just an overall strategy for me. I don't know, Jesse. You're talking to somebody that has a boatload of super flex second round picks in our league. And I'm looking at a bunch of running backs that you just told me to not draft (laughs) outside of Blake Corum. So now I'm getting nervous myself. Well, but I, but there are, Xavier Worthy, Brian Thomas Jr., Troy Franklin, Adonai Mitchell, Xavier Leggett, Lad McConkey, Malachi Corley, Jalen Polk. I love all those wide receivers. Yeah. So it's like that. That's why I'm telling you, you know, if you have a running back you love, you, you know, you can go in the second round and make that pick. I personally think that it's so much deeper at wide receiver. And if you're super flex, that pushes those wide receivers even further back. That man, Steven, you should just, you know, and I, I hate I'm just taking I hate telling you this. I hate that this is what it's come to is I'm just telling Steven how to beat me in dynasty, but I would just go receiver, 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 receiver. Um, also little sleeper tight end Jatavian Sanders from Texas. I, I think we get lost in the Brock Bowers hype so much that there's a little uh, late second, early third 
that you could pick up too, Stephen. That would be physically be that cool. guy. It, also number zero, if I if I remember yes, correctly. It, but that guy looks like it. an athletic specimen. Oh man, no, no, enough of this number zero. You're ruining it for me. I gotta, we gotta get out of this pod before I get too angry. <laughs> I am gonna throw in um, just one more name with running backs, um, Dijon Edwards from Georgia. So we do know that Georgia has just been stockpiling talent for years and years and years. Um, this guy has hardly any tread on the tires because of just the sheer number of running backs that they had there. But it, he's just one of those guys that really popped when he was on the field, when he did get the opportunity. So he's he's going to slide under radars because he wasn't like extremely productive. But we've seen that in the past uh, with some of those like, you know, backup Alabama running backs that end up being something in the league. Um, I would keep an eye on him as as kind of a, a deep sleeper there. I've actually moved him in my rankings up above um, the last running back we talked about. Uh, I moved Dylan him, Johnson. I moved him above Dylan Johnson just purely for the, um, the, the opportunity to break out at the next level with hardly anywhere on the tires. And, and he was really, really highly recruited 510, 201 speed. You know, he ran for 13 touchdowns and 881 yards. It's not like he didn't do anything, but I just think he's really, really under the radar. And a very, very talented guy in that Florida State game we talked about. Seven carries, 62 yards, and two touchdowns. That's that's nine yards to carry, guys. So he's I, I think he's legit. Um, and I think he's just been kind of buried under uh, on a really, really good team. So there's there's kind of a deeper one for you. Nice. Yeah. I like it. I'm I'm yeah, these running backs are gonna be a gonna be a mess. We'll address some more as the season goes on, though. All right, guys. Well, I think we'll call it for tonight. Uh, make sure you tune in next week. We will have some combination of Andrew and I and a third guest um, to talk about wide receivers. And it is a really, really good wide receiver class. We will try and, and keep everyone appraised of any of these offseason all-star games and things like that as we build up towards the combine. For Steven, Andrew, and myself, thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, the best way to help us out is to refer a friend. I know you don't want to because we're helping you out and you're trying to beat your friend, but you, you should tell your friends about us so we can get and give more. it a rating, give that's, it a rating yes. on whatever you listen to. That's right. That's right. Um, anything else to add, Steven? No, just uh, I'm very close uh, to finishing a lot of these rookie profiles. Um, it's, it's a lot of work to put. I think I've got like 70 mostly finished. Um, and once I do, I'll announce that, uh, on Instagram and I'll probably send out an email newsletter about it um, so that you can, you know, kind of compare all of these rookies, but also we're going to have them ranked within, it's a little hard to rank undrafted rookies, but I'm doing my best to try to rank them within the actual NFL players um, to give you kind of an idea. Once the draft happens, we'll have a much better idea of that. But, um, but yeah, you can start playing around with it, looking at the rookies and kind of helps, you know, negotiate some trades or make some trades leading up to the NFL draft. And yeah, so that's what I'm working on and I'll make announcements soon. It also keeps us ready, right. To pounce as soon as the draft happens and start reevaluating. And then we always have a pod right after the draft to, to kind of talk about where our risers and fallers are because those landing spots are so important. And also, you know, the combine, we can watch these guys cross off the four, seven, two running backs that end up being MVP candidates, you know, <laughs> well, one time, one time. Well, and you know what, you know, a lot of people are like, man, 
all this prep work just to have a guy named Puka Nakua, you know, be the top five wide receiver in fantasy. That's a great name. When I drafted him, well, first of all, Jesse talked him up and then Jacob fully bought into him. And then I drafted him in our dynasty league. And when I drafted him, I had like at least three people text me like, oh, so this is the process we go through to where a guy like Puka, none of us saw that happening. But we all saw upside and we all liked the guy, you know, so and that all comes from this process. Absolutely. I'm I'm trying to quickly thumb through my Instagram to see when I was talking about Puka Nakua because oh. I, I had a picture of his face on one of my one of my write ups. Hot takes, you know, <laughs> 2022. Uh, <laughs> Puka Nakua is going to have a big game against Baylor and then NFL scouts will ta- start to take notice. So we try and get on these guys early, like Steven says. And then uh, when we all agree, I, that's why I really like the way we've started doing the consensus, Steven, where you, you let us all jump into that rookie sheet. And when mm-hmm. we all agree, we tend, we tend to be hitting on these guys. So we are, uh, we're all pretty much in agreement that this is going to be a very strong class at the top. So Get excited for your rookie drafts there and uh, and then good quarterbacks and good wide receivers. So should be fun for fantasy. All right, guys, you guys have a good one. Talk to you later. Peace. See ya later.